You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building the Board, as Danny Meehan and I are going to take you through our first crop of linebackers, which, by the way, Danny, 10 linebackers, that's a lot of linebackers, especially when you separate out all the three, four outside linebackers, but just like running backs, this is going to be an outrageously fun episode. The Bears have (laughs) probably already filled their linebacking spot, but we're talking about a Matt Eberflus-led team, so Who's to say? Danny, we got 10 linebackers. I'm excited hey. to go through it with you. You doing all right today? No, we're doing great. Rob, how about yourself? I'm doing all right. Let's <laughs> kick this thing off quick with former five-star linebacker out of Clemson, Trenton Simpson. 6'2 and 1-8, 235. Danny, when you watch his tape, what do you see? Uh, a completely natural coverage linebacker. Real fluid athlete. And he has – like, it's not just the testing. It shows up on film. He he can turn and run. He's got real easy, like, transitioning from flipping his hips and his ankles and running with receivers. Like, there's nothing he can't do coverage-wise. Like, he might be one of the better coverage linebackers we've seen come out in some time, like, just in terms of his natural instinct and ability to do it. Um, he's been pretty productive. He has some pretty good blitzing tendencies when they actually unleash him that way. But they don't. It's not something he's asked to do all that often. Um, and then you get to kind of like the parts of him that are weird for a guy that's such a highly talked about prospect. And I'm trying to think of how to say this. Maybe you can word it better. But risk adverse almost feels like it when he's filling his keys in the running lanes and and, and shooting gaps because he's not necessarily the most physical man. I don't know how else to really describe it. He, he, I liked contact verse. Contact verse. <laughs> Let, let's be honest here, Danny. It's the, we like to make football uh, about all the collisions as if we're talking about gladiatorial robots that are starved for blood. But these are human beings that learn to play the position one way or another. Trent Simpson clearly learned to play it like a safety that now plays at a linebacker weight. And it is Mm -hmm. natural. I'll tell you what, Danny, nobody else in this class that you sent me comes close to the level of anticipation within coverage that Simpson shows where he'll break on a guy before Mm -hmm. the ball's out. And he's right. I mean, he's not fooled by play action. He follows the play. Well, he plays as if he has traveled back in time, already read the game script and is just trying not to give it away. Right. Like the, it's like the Luke Keekley thing from years ago where he had your playbook before you did. Exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. He it just is. doesn't want to scrap with a lineman that's 75 pounds heavier than him. He, he, he doesn't, doesn't and he doesn't want to scrape through contact to no. to get to the back to get to the ball carry. It's just not what he does. And, and when a running back steps up to block him on a blitz, you know what? 
I didn't really want to get to the quarterback anyways. And <laughs> it, like, he'll, he'll just stop. I mean, he'll throw an initial hit and he will, I don't want to say he'll stop moving, but he'll immediately go into like bat the ball down mode. And you know what? With the rest of the talent that he shows inside of a three, four Danny, that's going to be mm-hmm. fine. He's not going to have to take on contact all that yeah. often, but as a four, three will linebacker, I just, I just don't know if it would work. You, I, I have, I have trouble seeing him in a 40 front defense. I really mm-hmm. do. Like, it seems like he needs the more classic Mike next to him inside. That's willing to fight through the garbage and make the hard plays while he does the prettier stuff. The yep. stuff that you don't really get credit for unless you make the, the interception or pass, break up the pass. And speaking of, if he goes to a 3-4 defense, think like the Eagles or like the Ravens or all the other teams that are running it. Oh, maybe God. he goes could to Miami. Could you imagine him next to Roquan? Honestly, I could. Now, they'd need some <laughs> beastly defensive linemen, but like he is outrageously fast when he gets in a straight line and he'll open it up every once in a while like especially when he's chasing a play or something Mm -hmm. like a screen that leaks out he will catch you i mean it is scary to watch out there he you could see why he's a five-star candidate honestly he's one of my favorite linebackers because i'm so coverage bent but that comes from all this conversation with brandon about safeties and corners that i've been doing in the background we gotta move on so let's sure. get to the second linebacker who you were sending back or sending comparisons. Bulldog. God, I love this guy. <laughs> Henry Tuotuo from Alabama. The also 21 year old will be 22 uh, by the time the draft actually starts. Former four star recruit, 6'1, 225. Danny, what do you see on his film? Um, when I watch him, he's a very good, if not plus athlete. Like he moves pretty well for his size. Not, not for his size. He's a smaller guy for a running back. But he um, explodes when he initiate when he initiates contact at the point of attack, seemingly wrapping, driving through them. Like you know the old John Lynch thing he used to say, "I'm I'm not hitting you. I'm hitting you and ten of you behind you." He's coming with thunder when he's coming to hit you when he's unabated. Um, he's pretty natural in coverage, especially zone. Don't ask him to do too much in man. He doesn't really have that kind of turn run ability. If you ask him to just sit in his designed area, he's fine. Nothing too much. Um, but he is. He is very instinctive, very, and he's a natural leader too. I want to say he was a two-time captain for that Alabama defensive memory serves. I might be wrong on that though. Um, then you got to play the other side of the coin. He is very light for a linebacker. Um, he has trouble anchoring when he's engaged on blocks. He's just going to get pushed out and washed out, which is going to be a common theme with a lot more linebackers as we get to this modern age because they're effectively just bigger safeties now. Like the the, the days of guys like Ray Lewis, and obviously you're talking all-time greats, but just these more stout, bigger linebackers are just not there anymore because they can't move the way a lot of young, young the way a lot of these younger guys can, or lighter guys rather. Um, the the other thing that shows up is for as much as he can be instinctive, he does get caught guessing, which leads to his football geometry, as it were, getting a little messed up. He overruns plays, or he'll take a bad route here or there to the ball carrier. But I really like him, what he could be. Like, it it's always weird when you get into draft season and you, you compare like the first guy you did to the next one and the next mm-hmm. one and the next one. He was literally the first prospect outside of Mo Abraham that I watched this year. So it's like, I'm these notes are from months ago now at this point, right? So it's like, do I need to go back and rehash them? Maybe, but I trust what I see. He just he. He is what he is, and he it's kind of evident what he's not, if that right. makes sense. Oh, Danny, 
I hate the fact that we were just going because I can't think of a better way to do this. I don't want to actually organize a list based off some kind of theme. But for Tua Tua's sake, it sucks that we just talked about Trenton Simpson because I think Trenton Simpson is the better min-maxed version of Henry Tua Tua's game where Tua Tua is good in coverage, but he's not great. I mean, the way that you see Simpson uh, sink into zones, get depth on his hook curl when he needs to. like Be able to run with a tight end. Yeah, they, whatever I, it might I mean, be. All yeah. the stuff that Simpson can do, Tua Tua can almost do, but not quite. <laughs> and for as much as he's not perfect in coverage, you want to see him pick up the slack in the run game a little bit. And he tries. His body's just only capable of doing so much. Another thing that I can't help thinking is really important is that in the NFL, a linebacker has to be really agile, especially if you're going to play at that size. Mm -hmm. And is great in a straight line, but when he has to stop and get back another direction, his game really suffers, which no, is, it slows him down. It, oh, yeah. It's almost like he's thinking about how his body mechanics have to work. Right. It's weird. Yeah. And, and it's not that that makes him bad. This is no. a really good football player, but he's not somebody who I think you can take at the top of the second round, certainly not at the back end of the first round. And given that mm -hmm. now we have to move on to our third linebacker, who you talked about how we're departing, uh, like the or we're departing into a lighter safety esque age. Well, we've sandwiched to a two between two of the, the best linebackers in the class, as now it's time to talk about Irish Jack Campbell, like and. Oh my gosh, Danny, what can't you say about Jack um, Campbell? If only because Campbell feels, if I can start off with this one, sure, like go a, ahead. An, a love letter to old linebacker, old linebacking. <laughs> like, I mean, it's Jack Campbell is. I'll, I'll read off everything I know about him. Like, I mean, this guy is uh, sure he's a former three star. I don't know how, but he's a little <laughs> over six, four. He's two fifty. He's only 22 years old. And he had one of the wildest combines that you could possibly have Jack Campbell. And this is not a joke, Danny 95th percentile, in the three cone 94th percentile, in the broad jump 84th percentile in the vert while still being 67th percent percentile in the 40 and 66th percentile in the shuttle i mean this guy is an athletic maniac and he plays like it it's one of the only linebackers in this class that's not just going to take on an offensive lineman in the hole but he might actually win and if you mm -hmm. send an h-back or a tight end through the hole to go get him they are going to lose i mean his coverage needs a little bit of work he doesn't have the instincts that some other guys do and i do think he gets caught over pursuing a lot but part of that is probably because his coaches have told him he's an absolute missile when he puts his head down and just charges at you and he plays Plays yep. with so much violence, it's hard not to just fall in love. So it's it's funny you list all these things, and it's like I'm hearkening back to me scouting Chad Muma last year coming out of Wyoming. He's almost like if you took Chad Muma and just made him better, juiced him up, just juiced him up, and gave him a lot of special juice. And it's like here you go, this we just made him better. And Chad Muma was a hell of a prospect Very in his own good right. Prospect. Like, but this is just. We it, it's become played out, but some of these guys literally feel like they were built in a science lab to play football. Right. And Jack Campbell feels like one of those kids. Like he's he's fast, he's big, he he's got a d decent feel for zone coverage, and he fills the lanes without any regard for his body or hesitation. He's coming mm -hmm. downhill, and he's gonna stick his hat on you. 
it's he's a joy to watch play football. And like you said, he is like an ode to a, a of an era gone by because he doesn't care about his own body. Oh no. Like, he, and I mean <laughs> the force he hits with makes me think you and I had a joke I sent you right before this uh this recording where I said <laughs> if he'd been playing from 1994 to 2010, how many all pros do you think he's in contention for? And I mean, this guy could seriously have been in an age back then a top 10 pick. And the fact that you're able to steal a player like him, especially when you're running a retro Mm -hmm. system, kind of like the Bears are, I mean, if they didn't just spend $25 million on linebackers, this would be a real thought because he he could probably play your will linebacker spot without any real issue. And oh my gosh, the violence that he shows when he wants to. It's just going to be a matter of getting yeah. him up to speed in the NFL yeah. and moving on from there. And to your point, he overruns plays. It's part of probably the aggression of which he's coached with. Like, yeah. dude, you can do things literally no one else in this country can do right now. Yep. Go get the ball. And, and that's, <laughs> you know. And for crying out loud, Danny, if, if I could have a player like that, yeah, I'd ask him to do functionally the same thing. I'd say like, if you <laughs> think there's a play to be made, go get it. And, I don't know how many of the other linebackers in this class I think that the offense would have to actually pay attention to. Like, I mean, it's not it, it's not a diss. It's more that there no. are a lot of these guys that the quarterback may realize what their number is and have to start watching for him, but the running back might not. Jack Campbell, you're going to know 31 hits you because it's going to leave an imprint that you have to scrape off in the huddle. Yeah, he's he's coming with some thunder, man. It, it's he's a He's a joy to watch play football and probably – if you're being realistic, the only one that maybe has an argument to be a first round linebacker so. at this point in the draft, just mm-hmm. because of the physical makeup, like, mm-hmm. like the, you can't coach those things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wonder if there would be some team that would think themselves into Trenton Simpson in the first round. The coverage ability, just that yeah. would they would have to be a three four team that was trying to get mm-hmm. really ahead of the curve. Uh, but. When we talk about violence, there's another name we have to bring up. It's an Alabama transfer to Arkansas, Drew Sanders, who, I mean, Danny, this guy's big, he's fast, and he is violent with a capital V. What do you see when you watch his tape? So Sanders is probably my personal favorite linebacker to watch in this class because he's I, – I wrote down he's a cracked-out condor of a linebacker. <laughs> he's – like he's, it feels like he has never-ending tree vines for arms. If you watch him play, like he's got these long arms, this big, tall frame. He's, I think he's close to Jack Campbell's height. He's a six-four and change, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. I just have it written down of what it was on the team site. Um, six-four and change is correct. Six-four and Six-four and one-eighth. Okay, so and he's the best part about him is similar to Campbell. He's, I don't know if his motor knows an idle. He is always revving his RPMs up to the red with how he plays football. Um, he has some ability to pe- rush the passer, actually. I think they used him in that capacity almost on purpose because he did have such a natural feel as a pass rusher on top of being an off-ball linebacker. I don't think that's how I would personally deploy him. And it's actually funny because I've caught flack for not disliking the Tremaine Edmonds signing, but questioning how they got to that point of signing him. Because if there's a player I watch that reminds me a little of Tremaine Edmonds just in terms of raw physical ability on the football field, it's actually Drew Sanders. He reminds just the way he moves around, like if you could deploy him a certain way, the ability to like really kind of have almost like a mismatch at linebacker that just makes him hard to say, hey, he's the Mike or he's the Will. 
Just yep. block him, do what you're supposed to do. Now, that being said, he's a little lean. He's got to get bigger. But he's – I, th- I want to say he's still a pretty young linebacker himself. He In terms is... of newer to the position. Isn't he newer to the position? I think I remember reading that about him. Well, tech, he would make the argument that he is because he would say that he was switching from uh, th- a 3-4 inside match coverage linebacker to uh, something that better resembles a 4-3 with a Mike linebacker. So you know how they are. He would tell you that he's playing yeah. a different position. But still linebacker. He's 21. At the very least, and he will yeah, be twenty one. Mm-hmm. And so, so the fact that I mean, he comes through with a five star pedigree. Obviously, they had him listed as a four star transfer. I, mm-hmm. I cite all of these just in case somebody cares. Like, yeah. if it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to you, you don't have to care. But I'll tell you, at least what I've seen, Sanders is one of those guys. The, some of the best linebackers of the run game are the linebackers that can be whatever weight they need to be when they make contact. You'll see some linebackers that it doesn't matter that they're listed at, I'll give you an example, TJ Edwards, most recent mm-hmm. Bears signing. He's listed at 230. The lineman would probably think he's 290 based on the way he hits people. And Mm -hmm. Sanders is very similar in that when he hits an offensive lineman and when he tries to work around you on a blitz, he's one of the only linebackers that I've seen in this class that when he makes contact with an offensive lineman, he won't just give up and stand there. He will try to work around the offensive lineman because he has the height, he has the leverage, he has the arm length to actually try to do something. And it makes it hell on running backs that try to block him when he blitzes from other spots instead of just the interior. I do wonder if Sanders is hiding and Saban not really wanting him. Not because Saban would hate him, but because I don't feel like the coverage, like piece of his game was near as natural as a lot of the match quarter stuff that they want to run in Alabama. But that's not me trying to dunk on Sanders. It's more pointing out that Sanders is a special, special anti-run athlete. And the Alabama just doesn't really want that in their like back seven. So I can understand both sides being okay with that, but it'll be interesting to see where Sanders ultimately fits in. And now we've got a completely different player to talk about as we go to the university of Texas, our first big 12 linebacker to talk through as DeMarvion Overshone rises to the forefront here. He is a former four-star recruit. He's 22. He's one of the older linebackers will be 23 Mm -hmm. come week one. 6'2", 230, really big, really fast. What do you see when you watch his tape? Um, Kind of like we were talking about earlier, the first thing that really stood out when I watched him, other than the pure straight line, like he's a, he's a linear athlete. Mm-hmm. He can go real fast in a straight direction. Um, But another kind of contact adverse linebacker, he doesn't really want anything to do with being blocked or sifting through traffic, sh- stacking and shedding, getting kind of mixed up in the junk as it were. Because in, mm-hmm. in a way, like for lack of a better term, you almost want linebackers, whether their weight or whether they play to their weight class or not, to be junkyard dogs. You got to play through the garbage. It's the nature of the position, right? So, but other than that, like he he he's pretty natural in coverage. I feel like like he's not great, but he seems to have a natural intuition to him when he plays it. Um, he fills whole like he does fill the hole with conviction when he knows he's going to meet the ball carrier. It's when he has to really <laughs> fight through anything that's not the it's ball a blocker. Like if Moro Ojomo is not eating up who's in front of him and he's getting a free run to 
old Demarvion here, he's gonna have a bad time. <laughs> but he does fill with conviction. I do wonder, given his linear ability, does he have a pass rush potential to him where you could kind of make him a de facto Sam on downs and just say, hey, kid, go get the quarterback? I don't think they really exploited that much at Texas. I just wonder if he could do it. <laughs> well, I can tell you they tried, Danny. They kept trying to flat make him an edge rusher. You'd see Ugh. him get all the way into the three-point stance, and it did not Ugh. work. At 220 I mean, pounds? Yes, this is real. <laughs> Go watch the Alabama game if you don't believe me. But That seems like would a sing. really bad idea. Part of me wonders whether they were just doing it as a gimmick way to occupy one of the tackles, where if you could send DeMarvion Overshone, at the Alabama's right tackle, for instance, then that opens up a five on four for the rest of your defensive line sure. and a couple other blitzers without, you know, the tackle getting choose because you can't just let this guy fly around you. But I don't know. I only know how to say my next point one way, Danny. There are some people that they look like they're very well coached, but they lack instinct. There are other players that look like they have a lot of instinct, but maybe the coaching's not there. And Overshone looks to me like somebody who could be come Bobby Okariki, but is not yet Bobby Okariki. Like you know who is... he kind of reminded me of to your point who? is Telvin Smith a little bit. Right. Running right. out of Florida State. Long Limmy light linebacker. Mm -hmm. Like if you can coach him up, sure. Right. He's raw, but yeah. you can't teach being six four and having arms. Look, the, the spider charts on mock draftable have started to break because linebackers are just a lot less lengthy than they used to be. Like the mm -hmm. long ones in the class have 50th percentile arms and the short ones in the class have 10th percentile 10th. arms. Yep. And so that obviously it's not been true forever, but at least in this case, we don't have any of those true old school Tremaine Edmonds, Bobby Okariki freaks, right? Mm -hmm. But overshone, if you took- Except him, for Jack Campbell. Yeah, he says hello. for Jack Campbell. Uh, <laughs> even he, actually, even he, his arms are uh, 34th percentile. So it's everybody, man. Maybe but if Jack cared more, his arms would grow. Maybe if he cared more, his arms would grow. But Overshone strikes me as a project linebacker that you could probably get a lot out of. He's in that, uh, what, Joel Iebuni way, like range, but I think a little bit better where you're looking at but the athlete. Justify taking someone like that. You're, you're looking at the athlete. You're looking right. at what he could be knowing that at least in Overshone's case, he's already a better football player out of the box than EA Booneyway, who, I mean, he still can't find the ball. Like, probably still to this day. I mean, that was always his problem. But that's more of like a, uh, what, us writing PhD dissertations on what linebacking is and isn't. So we'll we'll keep that conversation for later. <laughs> to a different I, time. Yeah. I like Overshone. But we got a lot of Will linebackers in this class. We do not have as many Mike linebackers as you might no. have anticipated. Yeah, there's – I mean, truly the only one I really watched that I thought Mike was Campbell. Like technically, was, technically Aubrey Miller, who we'll talk about later. But that's because oh. if you put him at Will, you'd be wasting a player. Like, yeah. we'll get yes. there. We'll get there when we get there. Yes, <laughs> we, got, we got some players to get to. <laughs> Next we got – Diane Henley. So he is a he's from Wazoo, which I always like writing. He's just over six foot, plays at 225. He's also relatively old at 23. And he yeah, actually he's actually over two-star recruit, Danny, if you can believe it. And you know what I really like about him? What? He's a converted wide receiver. Ooh. Ooh. So when you watch him, 
He's very natural in how he runs with receivers, almost looking like he's mirroring them like a big corner at times mm-hmm. because he's just – it's what he grew up doing. He, I believe he played wide receiver and quarterback before <laughs> coming to to to, uh, the, to to the to the linebacker position. So he's not big by any stretch. I think he's still got to get his quote-unquote NFL body, but there's always that worry of how big – big can a six foot 225 pound guy get without right. sacrificing what makes him special um oh here we go another one of the tw- he's a tweaked out active linebacker was one of the first things i had written down about him he's running all over the place and the the natural ability to run and flip his hips is right there and it's there for you to see um he does have longer arms for his height um and the other thing is that's always going to play in your favor as a guy who is going to have to earn reps as a third or fourth round linebacker, right. special teams. He played special mm-hmm. teams. And in my opinion, your best special teamers are always going to be running backs, tight ends, linebackers, guys right. that just run on our big, <laughs> go, go find the ball. It's not asking them to do a whole lot, you know? Right. Um, and then honestly, the weaknesses, it shows sometimes he's a new linebacker. He, he needs work with his technique as he sometimes gets a little grabby with his arms versus trying to finish the hit. Um, slender and slim. And uh, the big thing I wrote was remedial football geometry. He's such an athlete and he knows it that his tackling angles and his understanding of how he should get somewhere right. is not necessarily there. Right. And I mean, it, it only gets tougher from here, Danny. I'll be the first to tell you, I haven't watched uh Henley or Henley Henley was one of the two guys in this group that you sent me that I didn't manage to get to but all the same I mean we've seen better athletes like Kyler Gordon for instance that went from in college I can do whatever I want to in the NFL these guys run by me what the heck this has never happened to me before and when you're already playing catch up at the college level now granted there's a positional switch involved so mm-hmm. there's a there's reason to get excited about somebody like him, but you're gonna have to see how he tra- or like how he translates, especially because to use an example, uh, Darius Rush, the corner from South Carolina. If you yep. know anything about him, he is a converted wide receiver. He came to SC as a wide receiver, but corner is so valuable a position. You will work with a true project. Because if you find yourself a starting corner, it is well worth it. This is with Henley where you start to beg the question on how valuable is linebacker that I could theoretically go, like, do I want to deal with the growing pains? That and then and the question is, how much do you value what he does well? But obviously right. being a small linebacker who can cover has its perks. Really and does. it's an easy and it's an easy transition in that regard. But part of being a linebacker is scraping through stuff and going to make the hit right and he doesn't do that well enough at times Mm -hmm. he if i had to tell you if if sanders is my guy diane henley is my second one of the someone i just thoroughly enjoyed but it's gonna take a coaching staff with a borgonzi or an eberflus on it to really probably teach him how to play linebackers right especially when you go to the pac 12 and they don't play defense really they don't care about it Anything with a 12 in it. Love my big 12 guys, but it's, it's an epidemic. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And... Speaking of linebackers that don't really sift through the bodies well, let's talk about Auburn's Owen Peppo, who is a darling in the eyes of many, uh, which is not to, you know, suggest we're about to burst a bubble, but he's just over six foot. He's actually shorter than Henley is. Also plays at 225. He's 22, former five-star recruit. When you watch the film, what did you see? Someone who has no idea what he's doing with football. <laughs> I wrote down a, he is an uncalibrated rogue heat seeking missile. I don't think he's a bad football player. And it's a lot of times as we, you and I were talking pre-show Robert that with the sideline to sideline ability and the ability to run, he's a, he's a really athletic linebacker. What, where, where does his fault begin and his fault end? Because Auburn is not good. He spent his entire football playing career of Auburn on a bad defense in a terrifically hard conference. So I don't know if the issues that are showing up on tape are because he's trying to overcompensate and do so much because he knows he's one of the more talented members of that defense, or is it him just legitimately not knowing what to do at times because he's just not an instinctual football player? Because a lot of times, especially when I watch him, I feel like I can see the hamster on the wheel rolling like, where am I supposed to go? Like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And it almost makes him like a tick late. And then it's the other end of it when he's not thinking, he's just guessing. It, it, so it's like, I think there is some natural coverage ability there, but he's a very, for me, for someone that clearly has gifts that other guys in this class don't have, he's really frustrating at times to watch. You got me thinking, Danny, because as much as I want to pretend like I know the whole story, I just realized that the game that I watched of Papo comes from 2021. So I well, I watched him a year ago where I thought he looked instinctive. I thought he looked like he didn't really want to, you know, hit anybody that wasn't <laughs> uncovered. But but we live with this in the modern yeah. day and age. He looks stiff. I think that his mind knows where he wants to go and sometimes his hips just can't get there. But it has me wondering, because like you're saying, Auburn's Auburn's really struggled, whether there was a defensive coaching change or some kind of philosophy shift that he just didn't catch up with. This would remind me, for instance, Danny, of a Dontavion Wicks-esque st- story to mm-hmm. make another comparison to wide receiver where it, Wicks's tape looks dramatically better in 2021 than uh-huh. it does in 2022 because the scheme shifted. Now, I'm not an expert on Auburn, and I hate putting a podcast together where I truly don't know all the facts, but that's a question that I would want an answer to before I come to a final grade on somebody like Papo, because if his 21 tape is better, well, 
it, another thing that may also uh, put, hold him back, Danny, is that I know he had a pretty major ankle injury to finish mm-hmm. the 2021 season. And when you miss eight games with an ankle, who's to say it's going to come back all the way? I mean, silly. And, and, and does that have game. something? And it, is that something that hinders his ability to turn and run? And, exactly. and that's where he's you're seeing the stiffness show up. Because like you're talking about, right. Danny, I mean. I understand that these NFL athletes are superhuman and they don't have anything to really compare to little old me, but my first even semi-relevant injury happened probably two years ago now where Mm -hmm. a friend of mine and I were at like a children's museum sort of thing in Dallas. It's called the Perot Museum. It's neither here nor there, uh, where I I got the chance to race a virtual Patrick Mahomes, and I took it without stretching and popped my hamstring. Like it's just a pull, probably if I had to guess, like a mid-grade pull, and I it, my hamstring it, it just still does not feel normal. Like we we like Danny to make it out like oh well, Pepo's medically cleared. He played the 2022 season. Like he must have been healthy, right? And it's like ah, it depends on what you mean by healthy, healthy in a football sense, right? Right, exactly. And that's a that's a really excellent point in terms of. Where was his health level? And what is he, why was the contact aversion there? Is it because he didn't t- trust himself to anchor down and, and, and square up with someone? Like, you don't know because you're not in their head. And obviously he's never going to tell you, oh yeah, my ankle was bad. I'm, I'm not trying to square up with a fullback in the no. hole. He's never going to say that. Like, and that's fine. It's not like I dislike Papo the player. I The term I use for him because I see all the gifts and everything is he's just frustrating because it's like right. you want him to be so much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, Danny, we're talking about, for those who don't know, somebody who was 92nd percentile on the bench, 90th percentile on the broad jump, 68th percentile on the vert, 98th percentile in the 40, and 96th percentile in the 10-yard split. The athleticism's there, but Danny, linebacking is not an underwear and shorts position. Like It's not. You- it's why some of these guys who are two on the RAS scale can have long productive careers jack sanborn made a bunch of tackles off truly like grit and desire i mean it's so silly to talk about isn't it right it's 20 the way you you described that reminds me of that really famous quote from the movie remember the titans where uh the defensive (laughs) coordinator literally screams defense is desire right (laughs) and it's true to an extent to a sanders wants to hit the quarterback Really badly. He wants to hit the quarterback more than you, so to speak. Jack Sanborn wants to get to the edge before you get there. And he's got like, I think a sub one RAS. Like it's, it's not as simple and it's not as complicated no. as we ever make it. But with somebody like Papo, the, the tape and coverage, I'll tell you, I like it, but I don't like it as much as some of these other guys who, again, sure. feel that much more natural. Because, look, I mean, the hardest part about playing linebacker, Danny, is that linebackers are the ones who have to deal with the 90-degree routes more than anybody else. You know who he kind of reminds me of as I'm thinking on it, just build and everything? Shaquem so, Griffin coming out mm-hmm. of – uh, South Florida, like mm-hmm. a little bit like that super twitched up fast, unbelievable athlete, but just like, does he football? Can he, right. can he football? Right. <laughs> if a coach thinks he can, they may make him something, but and he, there, any coach worth their salt is going to see that. And he's going to probably be dra- overdrafted just because of what he can do. Wouldn't like, surprise me if he ends up in the third round for exactly nope, that reason. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then as we move from there, we get to Dorian Williams, who is another crazy twitched up athlete. But I get the impression that this kid from Tulane, uh, he's just over six foot. Well, actually, he's a little closer to six one. He's 228 pounds. He's 21. We're talking about functionally the same player body type. Right, because he's another guy who ran an insanely fast 40, 94th percentile 40 yard dash, 68th percentile broad jump, 47 vert, uh, 92 percentile in arm length. And this guy loves football. I mean, if he he's, falls to the fourth round, yeah, he's he's fun, isn't he? He's he, he's he, fun, he's he, fun with a capital F, like he's just fun, <laughs> depending on how much Flus uh cares about wingspan compared to just arm length yeah. he's the kind of guy that if he falls far enough i i imagine the bears would be legitimately interested i could imagine that too especially because like for a littler guy he doesn't mind squaring you up and meeting no. you and, and and taking on blocks he doesn't care like you said he, he clearly just loves playing football mm-hmm. like he's some guys they're it feels dumb to say but it's like some guys just feel like they're meant to play the position mm-hmm. he probably wasn't meant to ever play anywhere else that's just right. how he plays football. He, like it, it's impossible for me to find penalty lo- penalty logs. Like, because I'm just watching all 22, right? And so yeah, when they throw a flag, the ball moves, and it's like it just leaves me to figure out what the penalty was. I think at one point he took a low hit penalty because he tried to he tried to <laughs> dive through the knees of a lineman he'd already engaged with to then take out the lineman, sneak under him and shoestring the running back who was passing right behind him, which he did do. So, he, he accomplished the feat. Like, I, I mean, this guy wants to get you, you know? Like, he, he, he just sees ways to try to tackle whoever has the ball. He's way more instinctive than coverage than you'd think. I don't mm-hmm. think he's played in a complex enough system to have some of the experience that these guys at AAA programs have. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to Alabama, you're playing match quarters. When you go to Clemson, you're playing a complex 3-4 that challenges mm-hmm. you and within an NFL role, whereas he's playing in a 4-3 right? He's playing stand in that center zone as the weak linebacker and pass things along. And occasionally he stops moving his feet because nobody's in his zone. But instead of like getting depth, instead of finding work, instead of, I think a lot of the things that he'd learn at a, at a program that's trying to make you NFL ready, he's, he's just not there yet. So there's a little bit of project in he's him, not, but and, and he does, he does have juice, man. And he has like the Bobby Boucher thing. He has tackling fuel. He wants Boom. <laughs> he wants to tackle you. It's just what he wants to do. He wants to tackle you. <laughs> and it's so fun because you get guys, this is our big segue, like Aubrey Miller from Jackson State, uh, who we'll talk about next. And you just wish that they had the speed and the physical gifts that or that somebody like Dorian Williams has. So Aubrey, mm-hmm. making clear that we're transitioning, is also listed at 225. I can't find his age, no matter how hard I look. I couldn't uh, find it either for what it's worth. He is a senior, so there's that. Fifth year I senior, I believe. I, believe fifth, I imagine he's old, is what I'm So he's probably like lie. 20, call, call him 22, 23. Right, listed Ish. at 6'2", and... <sighs> Danny, this guy can't hit without the hit stick. That's a positive thing. <laughs> like every if he touches you, you're going to just like he's, explode. Yeah, he's thunderous, man. He and when he every get, time. Like every it, 
feels like every hit's going to send someone to the ER. Seriously, it does. Like, it's, I mean, it does. Yeah, he, he's he's just linebacker straight out of blitz the league. The problem is, is that his speed rating would be like a fifty if we're sticking with the blitz. He was meant to be like in those, like, do you remember like watching those old, like late eighties, early nineties highlights with the big, like transformer neck roll and the big neck roll or the, or the helmet plate in the back. Yeah. (laughs) That's him. That's who he'd be. Like in today's (laughs) modern NFL, he's, he's never going to dream of catching Khalil Herbert. Like even with a couple like stridelings head start, like the, the running backs that are out there, the Donta Foremans, uh, even I, I don't know, pick your poison. That would actually, back. you say that, but him shooting the B gap with Don, Don, Deontay Foreman coming through the same hole be a fun collision to it, watch. A really fun collision. The problem <laughs> is, is that as soon as Kyle Shanahan or Mike McDaniel realize that they can put you under the microscope, you are going to lose yeah. a game. Like yep. it, the hard, they're going to abuse you. Yeah. I, I have a real issue with the football players, Danny, where I can I can see a hard red flag, like a bleeding, sopping mm-hmm. red flag, like a non-starter. You know what I'm saying? And Aubrey's total lack of ability to move around freaks me out. Well, because even the then, ground. like just passing wise, if you even try to put him out there, I'll just put a running back and say, go cover him. He angle keep, route. A- angle what route. Do- Halfback wheel route. Are you going to run with him? No. What's he going to do against Travis Homer? Because we could say, like, it, it, we could act like this is Saquon Barkley he has to cover. The most of the NFL, as we transition a little more towards running back by committee, is going to start to put these guys. It's not just Austin Eckler. Everybody has a Tariq Cohen. Everybody has, like, a Miles Sanders. Somebody who can break even just a little bit, Danny. And somebody like Aubrey Miller is either going to take a holding penalty, and that might be the best case scenario, or they're going to get cooked, and you're going to have a running back who, like, I mean, Danny, these guys dream of getting the ball in the open field, and there they will be in the open field, already have six yards, and you break one tackle, and Dave Montgomery shows us you could pick up literally any first down in the game, no matter the distance, if you just get one or two guys to miss. And if Aubrey's a free miss, that's a huge problem when you're setting up any NFL defense. And, like, it's one of those things I have my strengths written down. I sent you my notes, like – uh, literally it's like in order heady instinctive linebacker gets by on tricks and craftiness intelligent clearly lives in the film room and understands where he should be and his role yes. this is a real the, the it's the nicest All possible way it's the but it's the nicest possible way of saying he's not a good athlete mm-hmm. <laughs> like he and then like weaknesses i literally have written down competition level jackson state was he playing no one kind of cares right it's it's dion built it up and he left like mm-hmm. just the nature of it and just two down thumper lacking explosiveness, probably a better best suited to be a Sam. So he's only going to be asked at the next level if he makes it that far. And I hope he does. Cause he is a fun player. Just he's going to be on the field, what a quarter of the time, maybe mm-hmm. he's going to have to make his bones on special teams. And that's hard when you're not fast. Yep. It's really hard, Danny. I mean, these guys have to be special teamers. And when you look at a guy like Dorian Williams, not to thump the drum too hard, but at least he can gun for you. At least he can charge down the field and go level like one of those blockers that comes back on a punt return. There's a lot of things that he can do for you on teams. Whereas somebody like somebody like Aubrey Miller, it's 
it's just going to be a lot harder for him because eventually he's going to either have to stand in his own and cover a running back, a slot receiver on a drag, like an outside receiver on a drag. Because or a pick on the mesh point. So he's going to have to do something. He Justin Fields. He'll have to scrape to go stop <laughs> Lamar Jackson or anybody <laughs> that the NFL, Anthony Richardson, these guys that the NFL is starting to output in, in read option offenses. Danny doesn't get any easier. I used a, uh, or I'm going to use a comparison. One of my favorite tight ends in the class for his value. Let's be clear is Will Mallory. And he was awesome. He ran one of the fastest forties in a, or like in the class this year. So he ran a four, five, four 40. He mm-hmm. is 239 pounds, which puts him in the fifth percentile in weight. So one of the lightest tight ends is still 15 pounds heavier than you are at linebacker. Yeah. And he's running a 40 that might be comparable. And if a tight end is out running you in any setting, like you're going to get baked out there. Playing well, and, and it's one of those things. I know this sounds overly negative on him, but it's impossible to not see it. You can like everything else. You can like the fact that he might be the son of a coach. It's hard to find anything personal on him. You can, you can love the instincts and you can love everything about it. At the end of the day, like you said, it doesn't even need to be Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't need to be Kevin O'Connell. It could be Joe Judge or Matt Patricia calling plays last year would have seen him and been like, we are going to target him all day long. Because this is what the NFL is. It's exploiting matchups. You're only as, as good as your weakest link, right? Mm-hmm. If, you have, if you have an easy guy to just target in the middle of the field, aren't you just going to do it? And there's no better example of that exact conversation. I'm going to dredge up some bad memories, so just oh, go ahead no. and get ready. Uh, do you remember? You, you managed to do this every show. You know that, right? That's <laughs> because I generally have some kind of Bears comparison that <laughs> pops into my head. And talking about like a linebacker lacking the requisite speed and coverage ability always reminds me of when Roquan got hurt in, I think it was 20, uh, 2019. Yeah. Um, and so Josh Woods stepped in to fill the breach. Oh, Nathan, and the Packers just abused him. He must have given up 140 yards in coverage. Like it was, it was awful, Danny. And it wasn't Woods's fault per se. No, it's just that the modern NFL is going to line up Aaron Jones. Best case scenario, worst case scenario. Ha ha! You have Devontae Adams in your zone. You have Justin Jefferson in your zone. It, it doesn't get easier. And so no, when when Grambling State is exploiting a speed problem, I have an issue envisioning 31 NFL teams not doing the same. And the, again, none of this is said to suggest anything negative about the person that is Aubrey Miller Jr. He has worked hard to get to where he is. He got to play at the senior bowl. Like he may actually, he may get drafted, which and is. He has, and he legitimately does have things to like. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's going to have to overcome certain things. And maybe he, do, there are rare, rare guys that have such a level of football intuition and understanding where it's just like, they can get away with it. Jarvis Landry comes to mind where he is not a requisite NFL athlete. He's just not. Right. He's one of the lowest RAS scores of all time. But his understanding of just how to play football, <laughs> he got open. Right. No, nothing about his pedigree, his profile, anything suggests that Jarvis Landry should be any good at football at the NFL sure. level. But the only issue I have there, Danny, is that you and I both know it. 
at least a wide receiver gets to initiate and control oh, the the right. like relationship between him and the defender. A defender has to be able. There's a reason that these corners are all out there running four, three, five, forties, right? There's a reason that these safeties are all benching to 25, 30 reps while running four fives four, or, and low four fours or high four fours, I should say. It's because mm-hmm. defenders just have a higher athletic burden than offensive players. They do. At least in my opinion, because uh, they do, especially because it's as with how complex offenses are becoming in a way, it's almost you're counter punching at all points. All the time. Because you're always on the defense, for lack of a better, you're always in the defensive stance. <laughs> you have everything's a counter punch. Mm hmm. Like seldom do you just get to be trying to Yannick Ngakwe, who's like, you don't have any responsibility, dude. Right. Be your one-on-one, kill the quarterback. That's yep. your job. Those Most guys aren't are rare though. Yep. I mean, <laughs> and, and when they are, they're only rare because they're good enough at something that's so important, like pass rush. Right. And at linebacker. Linebacker is similar to tight ends in the same way that I, I know me and Q were talking about it, where it's an unfair position, especially nowadays, where you have to carry more weight. You have to do as much as they did, like at safety or at corner. And you also have to go toe to toe with offensive linemen that mm-hmm. hate you. And they have somewhere between 60 and 80 pounds on you, but you'd better be physical with them anyways if you want to get coach's attention. And it feels like an impossible task at times, unless you're one of the special ones like Campbell, which is the guy you're going to come back to in this class because he does things other guys can't do. Yep, exactly. And so we'll finish out the uh, line, our initial linebacker conversation. Danny, tell me about Servokia Dennis, the Pittsburgh linebacker, 6'0 and a half, 225, a lot of 225 linebackers in this class. He is 23, so he's on the older side. Yep. Tell me about him. Um, productive. A uh, couple-year starter. I want to say he was a team captain as well. Um, a lot of things to like in that regard in terms of coaches, especially later round picks, coaches love for lack of a better term, the coach's pet, guys that you know they're going to come to work, they're going to watch their film, they're going to do what's asked of them, they're not going to ruffle feathers. Um, he's got a really good processor probably by virtue of the fact that, is, that he has to be. He's not the most fleet of foot, which is just a nice way of saying he's slow. <laughs> but um, Strong body tackler, though. When he – he almost like – you ever heard of like the alligator death roll? Like once he's he's latched on, he's just gonna roll you till he gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of that. Like he, he's not like thumping you and and crashing into you. Right. He's it's more classic form. Like he's he's wrapping you up and he's dragging you to the like rugby tackle. He's just dragging you to the ground. Right. Really highly productive. He brings special teams value. I believe he was a four phase special teamer at Pitt. Um. But he just you know he's is what he is. Nothing mm-hmm. special. He I could probably say he must. He, if there was a guy, you, if you had to tell me who do you think would be like the Jack Sanborn of this class at this moment, I would argue it could be him because I don't even know if he gets picked. But he shows high level intelligence. He's a good enough, not a great athlete. He's not like watching Aubrey Miller there, but and he's he's sure handed. He's you're not just going to run through him like the way you might if say if a tight end has a has has a head of steam on Demarvion Overshaw. He might just run through because Demarvion doesn't want those problems. <laughs> I mean, like you're talking about, I I hope that Trenton Simpson could stand up to Will Mallory 
given that you're not going to get yeah. much lighter in the NFL. And I don't know that Simpson, or I don't know that he can't. The, the two may mutually agree to take each other out of the play, <laughs> but that's the best. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, defensively, right. So, um, so you make it sound like because Servoka was one of the only other players that I really didn't get the chance to watch. You make it sound like though he's got legitimate late round value. That, he does. I th- I think he does. Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be a sixth or seventh round pick? Maybe. Is it going to be undrafted? Could be. I don't know. I, I just mean, know that when he plays, he's instinctive. He doesn't seem to be caught with his pants down a lot, but it just seems like he also knows what his incapabilities are. Mm-hmm. He's got pretty long arms. I mean, he's got, what, roughly 33-inch arms, which puts him at 69th percentile in the linebacking class. Huge hands, but so many of these linebackers are coming in, like, so short and small. <laughs> that it's funny. I mean, hey, you don't get to control the class every year. And if anything, looking at these spider charts, Danny, makes it clear to me just how much of a capital F freak Tremaine Edmonds is. Like, we don't need to make this all about Edmonds, but it's like linebackers, his size, just do not come around. No, it's why, you know, for lack of, for the lack of actual instincts, I fell in love with Sanders, like, after the first quarter of one, I was like, this dude is just different. Like, in terms of the physical makeup of him. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick, I know you already picked Campbell, but mm-hmm. like if you had to guess how many linebackers go in the first two rounds? Three. Okay. Maybe okay. Three feels like a good number. Three or four. Four mm-hmm. feels high though, because I, I don't even know that Campbell makes it in the first round, man. I don't think like, so. It, it'd be a team at the back end who feels like they're a title contender and they're like, we're just missing that special defender away. Which is really stupid. If you ask me, Danny, not because, because I don't, I don't dislike a lot of these linebackers. I think a lot of these linebackers flat better than a lot of the linebackers I watch. I mean, if, <laughs> if linebacker, let me put it this way, Danny, as good as Nick Morrow is, I would trade him for Trenton Simpson, like, so to speak in the 2022 bears defense immediately. Like, and it, 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 don't make it sound like I'm stuck on Simpson. I'd take Sanders. No. I'd take Tuatua. I'd take Campbell. I'd take Overshone over somebody like Nick Morrow. And it's not because I hate Nick Morrow. It's because talent is talent. It's just a little bizarre to me, not to take us on a too, too extreme a tangent, Danny, mm-hmm. that the NFL simultaneously values linebacker at $20 million a year, but also is probably going to let Jack Campbell fall pretty doggone far. Which we because I feel like what we've reached is almost like it's like the it's funny enough it's the same it's the other position I'm I'm in charge of for this you know is. this project you want the special but you it feels like the average like the run of the mill like stop gap this guy can start for us right now is just so much easier to find than they ever were mm-hmm. it's like the average bench player in the NBA is just so much better than they were 15 years ago mm-hmm. because they're just getting better. Like if it, if anything, Danny, this conversation has me wondering if we're under projecting some of these coverage backers. Where it, it has me just just begging the question because you know these guys aren't paying. Like the Bears didn't just pay Tremaine Edmonds seventy two million dollars to fit the run. The the Ravens yeah. didn't pay Roquan Smith a hundred million dollars to fit the run. These yeah. guys are getting paid to cover the pat or to cover receivers, and so. The guys that we've highlighted here, like like Overshone, 
like Simpson, maybe Papo, even Campbell. Like, mm-hmm. it has me wondering whether you'd look at them, you'd see their potential for coverage, you bump them up a half round. Because you and I are just trying to, we're trying, sure, we're trying to grade them. But then when we go to the part in our rubric where we go through positional importance, we're just kind of guessing based on what we think the NFL feels, you know? Right. So, and because by virtue of that, like you're saying, like I inherently, like I might have a third round grade on someone, but I push them down to four because it's a linebacker or it's a mm-hmm. running back. Like just because that's how the, the league t- is trending in a way, mm-hmm. except for when they're not and they're giving a hundred million dollars to an inside linebacker. Exactly. Cause now people are picking up franchise tags on, uh, on running backs because it's easier than negotiating with them. I mean, that's a $10 million franchise tag. I believe the franchise tag has actually gone down on running backs, which is that hilarious because uh, franchise tag obviously is the average of the top five salaries at running back. And so as mm-hmm. contracts like the girly contract and others have fallen off, I, I think in a rising gap running backs are making less money than they ever did, which RIP running backs, but yeah, look at poor Austin Eckler. One of the most consummate super running backs, running backs for today's league. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to pay. Him. <laughs> Nobody can figure out what it is because they know paying a running back is is just a poor business choice. And but you know, Eckler should be worth it by every stretch of the imagination. I think it's just the thing. It used to be like the 30 number was the scary thing. It's really 29 for running backs because all that buildup and those that punishment really is what takes their toll. It's so much. But either way, Danny, you and I could talk about running backs and linebackers for an awful long time. We probably yeah. will. But we got to <laughs> end the episode at some point. Thanks so much for jumping on and talking through some backers with me. How many backers do you think me. we have left? Or is this the only 10 you think we'll do? You know, it's hard because I could probably – I've watched a couple more. By a couple, I mean like four or five more. But, like, there's a couple I could throw in there, but it's just one of those things, like, I just don't know how much of a need or even a look the Bears are going to need. Because this is a Bears-centric show, right? Yes. Like, they've signed three linebackers. Right. <laughs> like, there's – and I'm, I don't even really want to pound the table for many of them just because it doesn't really matter much. That was As, their the premier grand... position in free agency. Yeah, that's like... Their most recent signing was – even a linebacker. Granted, he's a special teams ace, but it's just one of those things. Like, how many of them are they going to want to carry? Now, Eberflus cutting his teeth in that regard. Maybe he wants to carry six of them. Maybe, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of there too, where I'm like, I again, I could see somebody like Dorian Williams maybe a little lower but then again danny i have a bad habit i'm sure you do too of going man this kid rules and then guess what he's a third rounder because he does rule and we're not the only ones who see it to your to your point though like we talked about it with sanders couldn't you just see him falling for some for some reason like to the middle of the fourth round and the bears are just staring at him in the face and it's like like um yeah guys (laughs) Guys, he's he's here. Can can I have him? Right. I mean, getting a little bit of youth at linebacker certainly insulates you from whatever may happen. It's a violent position, and fall offs happen quick. It's yeah, it's what nobody wants to talk about. But good depth is a good thing, right? And yeah. so we'll see what the Bears do. But either way, maybe we do like a linebacker running back 
wrap up episode where sure. we effectively finish out both position groups. But either way, Danny, thanks so much for hanging out and folks, thanks for having me. We will see you guys in the next one. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.